0: Hey, welcome to the Fusion ATL podcast. This is Pastor Vance. If you're not familiar with Fusion, we are the Young Adult Ministry for Victory World Church in Norcross, Georgia. We meet every Tuesday at 7 p.m. Feel free to follow us on Instagram at Fusion ATL. I hope you enjoy this message and we look forward to seeing you soon. So we've been in this series called The Walk and we've been taking this whole, we're going to take this whole summer to really understand what it really looks like to walk with God. So we started off with Vance talking about thinking differently. And we understand in the relationship with God that we have to think differently from the world. And it takes time and it's some adjusting of what we have to do. Then that next week we were off and we did the cookout. And we wanted to let you know that walking with God is dope. It's cool. Everybody had a good time. We had the whole dance crew out there. Where the is at? Y'all in here? America's dance crew. They got, they got it in. And then last week, we talked about the relationship between God and David, the shepherd and the Savior, the shepherd and the sheep. When we talked about that dynamic, he took Psalms 23, and he broke it down to us. And today, I want to go in another direction in regards to our walk with God. So before we get there, I just want to talk about walking. Who in here likes to go walking? Okay, y'all, y'all like going walking, huh? You just like to walk around the office, you know, walk to the car. Who in here likes to go running? Yeah. About, yeah, about the same. So in regards to when you run, you know, you want to burn more calories, right? You want to see results quicker. I see, go ahead, do it. Yeah, yeah, there you go. So I like running too because of those different things as well, because we like to see results now. See, when we're walking, we're understanding that there's a lot of things that benefit from walking as well. We can maintain a, a healthy weight. It, it lowers, like, cholesterol, blood pressure, heart disease, all those different things. And I also read that it also helps your mood. So a lot of people who be moody, maybe you need to go walk. All right. See, in walking, we have to have a nice regular pace. You got to pick up your feet, one foot in front of the other, and walking with God, we have to have a nice pace. See, we have to understand that the dynamic of it is we can't just stand still because we'll be stagnant. We won't be going in any direction. And when you walk, it, it really shows the dynamic of the person you're with, or even you as well. So how about when you run? When you run with people, the dynamic of that is sometimes people can run without form and they're running all crazy, right? Sometimes when people run, you you really can't see the things that you need to see because you're only looking one way, right? And see, sometimes moving fast can be good and bad. But then I also know in running, it's hard to have a conversation with someone, right? It's hard to have a conversation, and things are not as clear because you're running. And now you're, you're definitely going to get tired in one point in another where you're going to have to rest and stop. See, walking is intentional. You can hear everything a person is saying. You can look in their face, you see eye contact, you see mannerisms, facial expressions, and even in the response. See, walking is intimate. It's closely acquainted, familiar and close. You see, in Psalms 23, we talked about that intimate relationship with David and God, the sheep and the shepherd, right? We talked about the Lord being his shepherd, that he lacks in nothing. You restore his soul, You guide him beside still waters. And even in the midst of the darkest valleys, he will fear no evil because his shepherd will take care of him. See, that's real intimacy. And I think a lot of times we don't understand what intimacy really looks like, especially with God. See, intimacy came from the covenant that God provided for us when he put on flesh and came down to the earth. See, we as young adults get distracted of that intimacy that we're supposed to have with the son of man because we want to be intimate with the woman and the man. When walking with God while listening to him, getting to understand who he is and being filled by him, but instead we like to run to things that don't satisfy us. When we run to things that don't satisfy us, what we're doing is really filling a void that don't supposed to be filled by them. Let's be real, fusion. We out here trying to fill the void that God's supposed to be there, but we're filling it with things that God didn't intend for us to have. Maybe that void for you could be with drugs, abuse, porn or sex. Fusion, I'm here to tell you that There was once a time where I was filling a void, not with Christ. I was filling it with everything that I possibly could do because I really didn't understand the father relationship. Due to not having my father at an early age, I never knew that uh, the love of God can be fatherly for me. So it's that disconnect that we have because we're trying to relax and react in our flesh See, we're filling the void of things that cannot satisfy us, and it's time for us to be aware of those things so we can take action. See, I was wired in a different way because of my experiences, because I never understood that there's a reckless, crazy love that God can give to me. So tonight, I wanna talk about that void that I filled with sex. For my generation, we, we cared so much about all different things, but not the real thing, the counterfeits, the decisions that we made and things that understand that sex drives everything in this world. We function off of it. Everything that's driving with money, cars, clothes, all those different things, we make those decisions based on sex. So the thing about it is when you come to the church, we say that you shouldn't have sex outside of marriage. So then we're saying, why? Why I can't have sex? Is it because you don't want me to have something that, you know what I'm saying, that I can't have? You want me to have something that, you'll basically be jealous if I do this. Because no one gave me the reason why I couldn't. Sex is good. And you want me, oh. We, we gonna keep it moving, but I hope you're married. I hope you're married. So, uh, <laughs> we say that sex is good and we feel like people are hiding something from us. But through the covenant of marriage, sex was designed by God, by God, to join a husband and a wife together as one forever. But we really don't truly understand the dynamic of what that truly is. See, we created so many issues driving having sex outside of marriage. So one thing we like to talk about in regards to sex, we talk about fire. Fire serves a lot of different purposes. So you can cook with fire, you can refine things with fire. We stay warm with fire, but in the confines of it being on a stove. You know what I'm saying? Or, or, or in a fireplace. But if you put fire on the ground, if you put it on a rug or you put it on top of the house, it creates destruction. So one thing I, w- I want you to understand in relationship with God and even us as sons and daughters, I think about it like masking tape. We see this tape. We're pure, we're ready for purpose to stick to, but then sometimes we get to a point where we want to stick on other people. So if I took this tape and I stuck it on every woman in here, what would this tape look like? With this tape that has touched so many different people, so many different things, you have dirt, you have lint, and it loses the adhesion to where now it can't stick. This piece of tape really has no purpose. Before it started sticking, it did. It could hang things up. Do whatever you need it to do, but it has no purpose. So then, when I think about tape, think about marriage. You take two pieces together and you put them together as one. And it says to let no man tear us apart. Have anyone ever tried to take two pieces of tape apart? It's hard. Especially when you don't have no kind of room to pull from. But um, I wanna do a demonstration, I didn't tell them about this, but uh, BJ and Lindsey, can y'all come up here please? My bro and sis. This is my brother and sister here, served in fusion faithfully for years y'all all all know him so as you can tell they're married turn this way turn this way toward the crowd they have a heart for marriage they love relationships couples hold them accountable and they love the dynamic of bringing people together so, let's say you pull it out there. I'm gonna hold the top. Put it together. Yep, right there. Nope. <laughs> They're together as one. But sometimes we leave room for the enemy So now, anytime you have an excuse, you can leave. I'll let y'all determine who's the man and the woman. Thank you, B.J. Lindsey. So in regards to being like tape, when we're joined together, we should not separate. But Let's don't even take this as being husband and wife. Let this be the girl I met at the mall. The girl I met at the gym. The girl that met the guy at work. How many times we going to allow this to happen? Because we don't understand that a piece of them, a piece of the man is on the woman and a piece of the woman is on the man. And we really don't understand why we continue to keep doing ourselves like this because we don't feel the heartbreak, the insecurities, the mistreatment, disrespect, and the soul ties. See, we don't feel it right away because we're enjoying ourselves. But there's something in the spirit that's happening to both of you because you were only supposed to be joined by the covenant of marriage. That's what seals the deal. See, with covenant, confirms clarity. And without covenant, causes conflict and confusion. See, we're this way because of the examples of intimacy that we have seen. We've seen it in TV, social media, and maybe even our parents. And we've concluded that this is how we're supposed to live. We all live in a world where We came into the world where we were supposed to be a plain piece of paper ready to be used by God. And the thing about it is, we don't understand really what God is actually doing, but sometimes, if you read your word, He'll tell you. And We're supposed to allow God to write on our paper because he's the creator. But then sometimes we want to write on our own. And sometimes we don't even see exactly what he's doing. So we just make the decisions on our own. We don't see the purpose that he has for us. Plans to prosper us. Give us a future and a hope. Not harm us. Because when we hear that we shouldn't have sex outside of marriage, you feel that God is trying to hold something from you. He's not trying to harm us, but then even with knowing God has something for us, we still want to write our own story. I want this, but then sometimes things happen to us that we didn't allow on ourselves. And those things write on us as well. But it doesn't matter what kind of thing that I write on here, God's word is still bigger and bolder than anything that I ever would want to do. And I feel God wants to bring us back to our purest form. So tonight, the title of my message is Plain, Pure Paper. I feel like walking with God can be like drinking your favorite juice. Y'all like water? I mean, I like, you see, I like water. My favorite juice is orange juice. Anybody like orange juice? Okay. Apple juice? Okay, I like apple juice. I don't like apple juice like that. I don't know why. I don't know why. But have you ever had orange juice or apple juice? with a mint in your mouth. (laughs) Disgusting, right? I don't understand why would you want to drink juice with a mint in your mouth. It really changes the taste of the orange juice. One thing I want you to know is sometimes there's something in our mouths or something in our body that is changing up the way that we're supposed to walk with God. There's something that's changing the taste of the man that we're supposed to uh, really understand and build relationship with because it's being tainted by something else that's inside of us. And I feel that that is sexual impurity. I feel that's the one thing that we just don't want to give up. The one thing, just a piece of it to understand that if we remove it, we can truly be in the fullness of God. Let's turn in the Bible to Ephesians 5, 325. It says, but among you, there must not be a hint of sexual immorality or any kind of impurity or of greed because these are improper for God's holy people. And then it skips down to say, for these, you must be sure, no immortal, impure, or greedy person has any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God. So, Paul's saying that it can't even be a hint of sexual immorality. Like, not even just a little bit. Just a tiny bit. Because that will bring us out of the place where we're supposed to inherit the kingdom of God. Okay, so let, let's kind of have a dialogue here. So what if I like this girl? What if the guy likes her? The girl likes him? What if I love them? Oh, better yet, what, what if we stay in the same house together? Can, can we... Can we still? Is, is that okay? Well, what if she becomes my fiance? I put a ring on it, right? <laughs> Not even a hint of sexual morality. And I say, well, I need that question answered because I don't see nothing wrong with it. I mean, society says if you like somebody, then... Have sex with him. You can do that, right? Well, Paul talks in 1 Corinthians 7, 1 through 2, and he answered my question. Now, for my response concerning the issues that you have made made asked me to, the, to address, you wrote saying it's improper for a man to live in celibacy. Perhaps, but because of the dangers. Of immorality. Each husband should have sex, sexual intimacy with his wife, and each wife should have sexual intimacy with her husband. I guess he answered that. She has to be my wife. He has to be your husband. So in correlation to uh, Psalms 23, when we talked about that very intimate relationship with David and God, David also talks about it in response to what it looks like to really walk with God and what qualifies and what can bring the blessings for you in walking with him. So in Psalms 24, he states, who then ascends into the presence of the Lord and who has the privilege of entering into God's holy place? Those who are clean, who works in ways are pure, Whose hearts are true and sealed by the truth. Those who never deceive. Whose words are sheer. So then I looked at the paraphrase in the message version. It says Who can climb Mount God? Who can scale the holy north face? Only clean handed and only pure hearted. Men who won't cheat and women who won't seduce. So a question to all my fellas. Why do men cheat? Oh, y'all know? It's okay, it's okay. I've studied it. I'll tell you. One thing about it is we live in a society where it tells us that a man shouldn't have one woman. What makes you cool? What makes you lame? Being with one person. See, that's foreign to us. So by cheating, they don't tell us what happens once we get caught. See, when we get caught, there's a lot of different things that happen in our hearts, in our bodies, in our minds on both ends, and it's basically just how society set us up to live. So women, why do you seduce? Oh, you thought I wasn't coming for y'all? Come on now. Y'all know what time it is. Y'all don't know? Okay. Come on now. Come on now. Y'all know? So, one thing I want to go back to saying in regards to men cheating, it really destroys a woman. No, I'm going to say it. I'm going to say it. It really does destroy a woman in a lot of different ways. But internally, it's destroying you too. So, why do women seduce? Because society tells women that they should be sexy right? You should be sexy. That's how you get your man and how you keep your man, right? Now, that's, that's cool and all, but even when I broke it down, I was like, low-key, that's like pursuit. But we're not going to really go deep inside of that, but due to society, you guys have made it to where you have to be sexy, and you, if you want it, you got to get it. But we don't talk about the wounds that were created and how all of these different things happen to where you have to get a man's attention. But then I also go to what about the woman who may have been with someone else and now they feel like they have no value. They don't know who they are. They don't have any identity. And due to that, they got to dress differently. They got to pursue differently. They got to show this man that I am worth something. That's what happens in regards to men who cheat and women who seduce. But the biggest thing with that is to tell my story. I understand it a lot because by being a product of my environment in some, some type of way, I was a man who, che- who cheated. I was a man who, well, I was a boy who had sex at an early age. I exposed myself to porn at an early age. And due to not having the intimacy with my father, I blocked my heavenly father out. So then I go to school, I play football, I do all these different things, and I'm lining up to what they say a man is. A man is someone who's supposed to cheat. A man is a person who's supposed to have a whole bunch of girlfriends and be slick with it so they'll never find out. And I don't say this to brag, but I never got caught. The enemy was running me. I was pretty good at it. Until about 2013, 2014 and that's when everything shut down. What'd she do? Oh, boy, no. <laughs> we ain't gonna talk about that. But lack of, the lack of how I was raised allowed me to think that this was truth for me. But once I came into Christ, I had to understand if this is what God is saying, how can I give this up? To be honest with you, I was a sex addict. I was a person who felt That's that's what fulfilled me. Anytime I needed a fix, I would go get that. Because I didn't know what it was really doing to me in my life. But I kept going, kept going, kept going until God showed me his presence. So one thing about it is breaking down this whole talk in regards to uh, being celibate and, and abstinent and all these different things. When I break it down it says, Celibacy is the state of abstaining from marriage and a sexual relationship. Abstinence is the fact of practicing of restraining oneself from indulging in something, typically alcohol or sex. But then purity. Purity is the freedom from adoration and contamination. The freedom from immorality, especially from a sexual nature. Purity manages the desires that God gave us. And in those three, I feel when we make the decision to say, okay, I'm not gonna watch porn, or I'm not gonna do drugs, or I'm not gonna have sex, what power is allowing us to not do those things? It's the whole pieces of abstaining and restraining and reframing and preventing things from happening. But when we're trying to do these things in our own will, We have to understand and choose a power from the spirit of choosing Jesus. That's the difference maker. When we say, okay, I'm not going to have sex. I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to do that. That's us saying what we can do. But we all know in here, we cannot do it on our own. You see, the, the force that keeps you from moving forth is not fully choosing the course that is led by the source. I said the force that keeps you from moving forth is not fully choosing the course that is led by the source. See the strength comes from choosing something with power outside of yourself that will never fail. We choose not to watch porn and, and, and do sex and do drugs and all those different things happen and then we fl- we fall. We fail at it. But because we're not bringing the power behind it, there's power in the choice of choosing, choosing Christ. Choosing God and then allowing the Holy Spirit to give us that power to do everything that we need to do. See, his source, his power, It's what strengthens us to do these things. See, he wants to bring us back to purity, our purest form, our natural state of how he created us. How he first put us on the earth on purpose and for a purpose to allow us to stick to our destiny. We have defiled ourselves by allowing the world to have more power than us. So then it was this piece where I had to say, well, how can this be possible? I'm going to church. I'm reading my word, I'm trying to be a good person. That's what the church tell us to do, right? So how come I can't stop having sex? There's a piece of me that didn't fully commit to him. I remember there was a time where I told God in relationship with Him, God, I'll surrender it all to you. But you can't take my women. Seriously. You know why? Because I've seen people do it. And from my eyes, I've seen them still successful. I've seen them to continue to have money, have a great relationship, get married, have kids, all these different things. But then God was saying, I'm calling you higher. See, how it's possible, so even going into the time where I was struggling, again, there was 2015, January 2nd was when I committed my life to Christ, and this is when I was just running toward him, but then, in regards to running to him, I started running when I got with him. He doesn't call us to run with him, because he ain't running. It says, walk with me, step by step, one foot in front of the other. So as I'm running, I'm running, I'm reading my word. I said, you know, I'm going to read the whole Bible in seven months. (laughs) Y'all laughing. I did it. (laughs) Seven months. I'm reading my word. I'm going to work and I'm going to church. I'm going on Sunday and I'm going on Tuesday. I'm doing everything that I'm supposed to do. Until one day, two months in. <laughs> yeah, two months in. I was like, you know what, guy? I, I-, I could chill with a girl, right? I'm- I ain't gonna lie, it's getting a little boring out here. <laughs> Word put me to sleep, nah. Lord, I, I need you. <laughs> so, it, it's cool to hang with, hang out with a girl, right? I thought I heard him say, yeah. <laughs> so then, ah, <laughs> uh, so look, I find this girl, finding the mall. She was pretty, you know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? I'm just, you know, we just gonna chill. Crazy thing is, she's staying in apartments right behind me. Look at God. God looking out for you, boy. What? I got a friend that can stay in the back of me? What? Oh, yeah, we straight. So, you know, I don't really know how to do this thing, so I'm just, you know, going over to the house and chilling Watching movies, past 12, and you know what happened at the 12, right? See, my coach always told me, ain't nothing open but legs. And that's why he told us we need to be in our rooms. But the thing is, due to wanting to fulfill something that I wasn't getting filled, I fell. I fell again. And I fell over and over and over. And then there was this one time I had a conversation with my sister and she said, well, maybe you just don't need to go over there at, at nighttime. And I said, you know, I never thought about that. See, now mind you, this is around the time where I'm truly like running with God and I'm like, okay, I think I can do this, and even in the times where I did fall, I was beating myself up bad. I was crying, not understanding why I couldn't do this, but didn't understand that I kept walking over there every night. (laughs) So I continued to fall, fall, and then my sister said, yeah, just don't go over there at night. I was like, all right, bet. (laughs) Vance, bruh. It didn't matter if it was nighttime, <laughs> daytime, <laughs> midtime, anytime, bruh, it was going down. I couldn't help myself. I couldn't stop. So then I cleaned myself up, got the courage to tell her, hey, I, I can't do this no more. After doing it several times, how did you, how do you think she felt once I left? At the time, I didn't know. I just knew I needed to take care of myself. But I don't, I don't know what truly happened to her, but she, I knew she felt that I liked her. I know she felt that something was happening. I was a man of God. I was reading my word. I was going to church. Everything the world tells us to do and say what the world thinks Christians are. But that ain't a fool fully disciple of Christ. So in regards to that, I left that alone, and then somehow, my ex came back into the picture. Now, hold on now, before y'all try to go go on in on me now, I had a plan, had a little plan. And again, I was immature, and I think I said it to, I think I said it, I don't know, I said it sometime, and I was like, you know, God used to basically do things in dreams and 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 have circumstances happen to me thinking that was him but I wasn't God so I told my ex I said you know what I can only see you once a week on Tuesday I'll bring her to church <laughs> so that's what's happening I'm with this girl and then I'm also trying to figure out some things the first day we walk into this room David has a marriage series, old relationship series, to the altar. So what do I feel God is saying to me? That's my wife. God, I knew it. I said I was going to come here on a Tuesday, and that's going to be my wife. Man, as you can see, that did not happen. But in regards to really trying to do it God's way, it was difficult. I was trying to understand exactly what God was trying to do in my life, but I really wasn't giving him the time to. See, the thing is, as I was walking with him and walking with other people, that was the strain that I had where I didn't want to give everything to him. But then I look in the scriptures where it talks about any person that tried to Uh, think that something is impossible. Jesus actually states it. When it's the parable of the the rich young ruler, and he's talking about how it's hard for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God, but it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle. And when Jesus said that, disciples wild out. They got crazy, like, Jesus, what you talking about? that don't even make sense. Well, how about you tell me, how can people be saved? And we go down into Matthew, I think it's Matthew 19, and Jesus looked at him and said, with man, this is impossible, but with God, all things are possible. So in regards to knowing that I had to truly understand the decision that I was making to stop having sex had to come come from a higher source. And there were practical things that I've learned in regards to walking with God, but also walking in purity. And I want to share them with you today. And I call them the ABCs of E. The ABCs of E. Now, again, this this is my stuff now but I want to share it with y'all, but I also want to say that these dynamics and these points really changed my life. Because you can see, there was a time where I was reading the word, I was going to church, I was doing all these different things, and that was great. But when I put these things in practice, my whole life changed. So the A is accountability. Accountability is the quality or state of something being accountable and an obligation or willingness to accept the responsibility for one's actions. See, the root word of that is account means to count on. And I think a lot of times we use this word all the time and just throw it out to even your friendships. But I'm here, here in scripture, I think it breaks it down into a deeper context. So let's go to Galatians 6, 1 through 5. And it says, my beloved friends, if you see a believer... Who is overtaken with the fault? May this one overflows with the Spirit, seek and restore him, win him over with gentle words, with an open heart to you, and you will keep, and it will keep you from exalting yourself over him. Love empowers us to fulfill the law of the anointed one, and as we carry each other's burdens, if you think you are too important to stoop down and help another, you are living in deception. Let anyone be devoted to fulfill the work of God and give, them to, and give them to do the excellence and the joy, and it will bring, it will be doing, dang, are still messing up here? <laughs> Without bad truth. Joy in what doing, which is right, and being with themselves. It is not affirmed by others. Every believer is ultimately responsible for his and her own consequence. So, the pieces of it is accountability is not your homeboys. Accountability is sometimes not your family. Accountability is someone that's gonna stoop down and really help you to where you need to go. Accountability is something that all of us need. In regards to me struggling in my sexual impurity, I had to have people in my life to say, hey, What's going on, man? And because I had to give them what was actually going on. Because it also talks about, you know, we have to carry each other's burdens, but also accountability is only as good as what you put in the relationship. So if I'm not telling this person what's going on, how can they help me? I had to surround myself around people that was truly going to hold me accountable in every step of my life even things that were good and bad, whether that was keeping me from having sex or or lining up my finances or helping me with my goals or helping me not to do drugs. It's the accountability piece that's really like a roundability in every aspect of my life, not just on one. I go to the B, which is boundaries. A line that marks the limits of an area, a dividing line, guidelines, rules and limits a person in creating and identifying reasonable and safe and permitted ways for others to behave toward them. And how they respond is when someone passes those limits. See Henry Cloud talks about it, he says, having a clear boundary is essential for the health and balance of your lifestyle. A boundary is a a personal property line that marks those of the things which are responsible. In other words, boundaries define who you are and who we are not. There's boundaries that we have to put up. Like when I talked about going at at the girl's house at night, I had to truly understand, it had to be more than that. There had to be boundaries in regards to how I communicate with women. There had to be boundaries in regards to uh, uh, the time limit of when I talk to them. The things that I talk about boundaries in every area of your life, because for me, and if you do know me, you know, I got plenty of boundaries, because the biggest thing is in order to understand the boundaries you have to put up, you have to know who you are. Because a lot of times we could compare our boundaries with other people's boundaries and say, well, Vance do it, then I can do it. (laughs) BJ can do it, so I can do it. You know what I'm saying? But at the same time, we're sons, but we're still different people. We went through two different paths, but sometimes it aligns. But at the same time, I had to understand that, hey, if someone says, okay, well, you know, a boundary is, you know, I don't talk to a girl after 12. I know myself, so I had to say 11. (laughs) That's just real. There are people who, who kiss in their relationships. I knew that was a trigger for me. So I know the next time I touch another woman's lips will be the day I get married. Now again, that don't have to be you, but I'm saying for me, I don't do little pecks. <laughs> I, just, I just can't do that. I don't know what a peck is, okay? So I had to understand who I was. The whole closeness, hey baby. Uh, no. <laughs> no ma'am, <laughs> no ma'am. Baby, you got the baby girl. Stay back there, okay? You know, I'm a a boy. I'm trying to live a Jesus life, and you're getting a little too close. But those things took me falling in those areas. And then I said, oh, I can't do that. Then I started to understand there was a lot of things that I couldn't do, so I really got away from that line but we have to really understand who we are to really put up these boundaries. And my last is C, community. I think this one really did it for me because coming in Fusion in 2015, I got plugged in early. From the time, and and I'm gonna just give you this span, it was three months in, because remember two months I was messing with the girl, then that third month, I came in here walking with my, uh, my ex, and the day we first came in here was the day they had a, le- a leader interest meeting. I heard from the Lord, oh, I think I need to stay. So I stayed. I sat like right here in the front, hearing about it and just really praying about it. So in around that time of leading up to leadership, tell you a secret, I still was having sex. And I had to get to a point to say, if I'm going to be a true son of God, this has to go. Who am I to lead people in small groups and still have sex? Who am I in a small group to tell you that you need to be pure, but I'm still having sex? And even through my process, I didn't lead a small group until six months later. But then due to that, yeah, there were times where I was mad and I was frustrated of why I couldn't do what I'm called to do because there was a the thing that I was truly keeping to myself that I really wasn't submitting to God. So through community, we're here together. We're family. We're fusion family together. We have small groups. We have serving teams. We have so many different ways where you can get connected. So we talk about it here in Hebrews 10, 25, and it says, this is not the time to pull away and neglect meeting together. As some have formed a habit of doing, in fact, we, have, we, we should come together even more frequently, eager to encourage and urge each other onward and anticipate that the day is dawning. So this is the scripture that we use in regards to people that say, oh, I shouldn't go to church. I don't have to go to church to be a Christian well, how else are you meeting with other believers? How are you truly submitting yourself to God and really worshiping the way that you should? There's a difference in worshiping in the building and then worshiping from the TV. There's a difference in that. You feel his presence more because we're worshiping with our brothers and sisters together. There's a difference. How bad do you want to walk in the fullness of God? how bad and really to really get the understanding of it all. When you put the ABCs together in your life, you can truly walk in purity and that may not be the sexual pieces, but sometimes our mind has impure thoughts and whatever dynamic that may look like for us, regardless of what we do, we should have accountability boundaries and community in our lives. When I started my small group, a small group that's still going to this day, a men's small group, United, Unashamed, Unashamed United, where y'all at? There you go. (laughs) United together as brothers, really sharing our hearts, sharing the things that we're going through. Because if you're not in community, you're just going home to yourself. It's really not activating what God really wants to do in our lives. So today, Fusion, my heart is for all of us to truly walk in the fullness of God. But whatever that one thing is that's blocking us and not truly having us submit it in the way that we should, we need to evaluate it. We need to truly come under the headship of God to say, hey, I surrender it all to you. Not just pieces to him, but everything to him. Fusion, if you all can please stand. In regards to understanding we we've been talking about David and we've been understanding that God is an amazing shepherd, but we have to truly fix ourselves in a place where we have to allow him to shepherd us in every aspect of our lives. So one thing I want to do, I want to read this scripture over you and understanding that by hearing my story, knowing your own story, that God really wants to do something with you today. So if you could just close your eyes and just listen to these words of David. All of you, All lovers of God who want to please him, come and listen. I'll tell you what he did for me. I cried out loud to him with my heart, and he answered me. Now my mouth overflows with the highest praise. Yet if I had closed my eyes to my sin, the Lord God would have closed his ears to my prayer but praises to God for he paid attention to my prayer and he answered my cry to him I will forever praise this God who didn't close my heart when I prayed and never said no when I asked him for help. God did not say no when he asked for help. He never once refused to show me his tender love. I feel that this word is something that someone needed tonight. God still loves you. Even if you haven't been living pure, he still loves you. Even if your thoughts hasn't been pure, he still loves you. Even when you decided to stop following him, he still loves you. This crazy love of God is so overwhelming and never-ending feeling that cannot separate us from his love. There is no sin in the world that can separate us from his love. Not lying, stealing, killing, sex outside of marriage, adultery in marriage, porn, mistreating kids or your family. Nothing can separate us from God's love. This is an opportunity to give God everything that you have. Whatever it may be. It may not be a sex addiction. It may be something that maybe be small, but it's still interfering with the fullness of God. Not even a hint of sin that we can inherit the kingdom of God. We have to understand that we have to truly choose Him. Him and not choose to stop doing something. We have to understand that our minds should be rewired in a way to fully submit our lives to Him. It is time to remove the things in our past. It is time to reevaluate with God, what is it that's holding me back? What is it is allowing me not to feel your fullness? What is it? Fusion, I want you to ask that question today because there is nothing that can separate us from his crazy love. Hey, thank you for listening. We're so glad to have you as a part of our community. If you want to get connected any further, please visit fusionatl.org. You can get plugged into a small group there and you can also send in a prayer request so that we can pray for you. Once again, thanks for listening and thanks for being a part of Fusion ATL.